prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your word and the privilege to study it and to learn from you. And we pray, O oh God, that you'll help us as we study together to be encouraged to go deeper into the word and allow you to go deeper into us. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the, la- the, the last lesson, full lesson, I guess, since I'm going to kind of jam two chapters into just kind of an outline form tomorrow, is the wisdom of God in chapter 3. And we begin with chap- uh, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. So the, the, uh, this section has only a really a loose connection with what we just learned about yesterday, but uh, kind of this idea that wisdom is as wisdom does. And so perhaps it's the wise man who can be thought of as the fountain of sweet water that we talked about that's unmixed with the bitterness of the salt water uh, that we learned in uh, verse 11. Or maybe he's the tree that, that James mentioned, how could a... A uh, tree that produce, that's one type of tree produce another chapter where he gives counsel to Christian teachers or would-be teachers in the church. And uh, type of guy that he was as leader of the church at Jerusalem and with his particular personality applies the test of goodness to Christian leaders and more broadly to all who would call themselves crew as well as to talk. Wisdom teaches us to do as well as to uh, pretty accurately it's it. It says this, who among you is wise or clever? Let his right conduct give practical proof of it with the modesty that comes from wisdom. So the truly wise man, the truly wise man endued with knowledge is the man who knows God. And the wise man of the Old Testament wrote in Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So... uh, we, we understand a little bit about uh, the development of wisdom. Uh, and this is the meaning that James is employing here. A conversation, uh, a good conversation is his good life, uh, as the Revised Standard Version translates that. Uh, his works would be specific results or actions growing out of a good life. So uh, the, our, our Christian life produces results. And they should be produce good things out of our lives. And all such actions are to be performed in the meekness of wisdom or with the humility that is born uh, of being Christ-like. And it goes back to some of Paul's writings and talking about Christ. He humbled himself. Uh, and, and, let, and so we are to have the mind of Christ earlier in that passage, uh, the, the true humility. So now let's look at verses 14 and 15 for a few moments. It says, if you have... But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So, uh, James is talking here about wisdom that is carnal, born of the the unchristian heart. So the, tra- the uh, transition to verse 14 is found to be uh, in the idea of meekness. Those who have bitter envy and self-seeking uh, really are without humility. Uh, and the lack indicates that they don't have the wisdom of God that is produced when meekness uh, springs up in, in, our, in our hearts. So this jealousy and selfish ambition 
he says, is in your hearts. And that's the central core of the person uh, from which these these actions then would originate. Well, Jesus said it in Matthew 15, 19, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. So, (coughs) excuse me. So out of this evil heart, this carnal heart, those are the things that flow out, uh, according to Jesus. So James says, if you find this kind of spirit, do not pride yourselves on it and, and thus be in defiance of and false to this truth. And that's from the Amplified New Testament. The apostle may be using the truth in its customary sense, uh, but in view of the specialized meaning that he gives a term in uh, chapter 1 and verse 18, and then uh, later in chapter 5, verse 19, it can be understood to be synonymous with the gospel. The truth the, uh, is the gospel. So men are warned against expressions and deeds, deeds which contradicted the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. That, that's what he wrote back in chapter 2, verse 1. So this wisdom, the wrong spirit, that James described in verse 14, does not descend from above. Jealousy, selfish ambitions are not the fruit of a God-like life or a God-filled life. So there is a downward progression in the apostles' description of the origins of these attitudes. So false witness puts self at the center of life. False wisdom puts self at the center of life. And the Holy Spirit will not tolerate the so-called self-sins in any Christian. Self-pity, self-seeking, self-confidence, self-righteousness, self, uh, uh, just building up of yourself, those things that are uh, from the carnal heart. So the drive to be always right, always to have one's own way, is not a strength, but rather a weakness. Uh, Samuel, Samuel Young commented, the man who works for himself has the worst employer in the world. The man who works for himself has the worst employer in the world. The only time some people see their God is when they look in the mirror because they worship self and everything is about self. That's the carnal wisdom that James is talking about here. And such a spirit is earthly in contrast to the heavenly. It, re- it reflects concern for passing values instead of concern for the things of God, the things with eternal value. And uh, Jesus, again, in uh, John eight twenty three, You are from beneath, I am from above. You are from this world, I am not of this world. And so the goal that we need to have, according uh, to our right, change our way of thinking from this physical world in our, and having our hooks in the world and the world of eternal things. Uh, so this spirit, a standard version, has a marginal reading that says natural or animal. So, I mean, biblically. Uh, the Greek is psychikos, which describes man as he is in Adam, or the natural man in contrast to the pneumatikos, or the spiritual man. So you see man and the spiritual. The term is sometimes taken as almost equivalent to carnal, or at least fleshly. Uh, things of the flesh. And James, when he calls them demonic, proceeding from Satan and resembling the spirit. Do you see when you see someone with this type of uh, 
of earthly things, of, of the natural, of when you think of something like that. Not saying somebody specific. center stage, be up front, be the one that's controlling. But this is what James is talking about. It's all self-oriented. Declares that God is not the author of what? Confusion in 1 Corinthians 4. By pointing out that where satanic forces are at work, there is confusion. And he, uh, and a lot of it is, from what John said, uh, that's his, that's his basic weapon. It's all he's got left is just to, to make us and convince us uh, in the church and in people's hearts and lies is, is uh, the lie. Again, Satan being the author of confusion and the one who would desire to spirit that can come into church and, and cause dissension and discord. And we argue over the, uh, all kinds of different things and we get off base. We get out of touch with the reality of the, this world. So, envy and self-seeking confuse the man who harbors them. These twin evils also corrupt and confuse our social relationships as well. So, Phillips renders the verse, For wherever you find jealousy and rivalry and all other kinds of evil. So, we, we need to be enemy onto these issues that so easily do. Uh, of course, one hour earlier I said the best way to to quit arguing about music is not just not don't have any in the church and then we need to be uh, better at uh, understanding where everybody is I know that's hard sometimes I've been in the church long enough to know that but uh, again when we open the more spiritual things so James uh, concludes uh, this section verses of is first pure then peaceable gentle roots without partiality and without hypocrisy, peace. So now he's talking about wisdom from above. As a, and so he returns to the, a description of the wisdom that he commended to his readers in verse 13, the writings, but James adopted it and uh, put it, his own enriched meaning, soul of man, the life of God in the soul of man. Adam Clark calls it the his blood and infused by his spirit. So the elements of wisdom here, spirit, uh, that Paul mentions in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, the fruit difference, and, there's, and against such there's no law. So uh, this is because the gift comes from a holy God. And, and some even say that uh, in the produces joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, uh, you know, all those things. Ingredient, and that is purity. Uh, a singleness of heart. He's talking about a singleness of heart, a divine purity, a purity, a sin that he talked about early. Anything that would be divisive in our spirits or in our mind. In the Sermon on the Mount of, of Jesus, he says the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye purity is is the key to all these other ingredients. So as a result of this cleansing, man's nature becomes as similar to that of God. Peaceable looks at the, at the spirit life from within. It just that follow describe what outsiders may observe. The one illustration, Pastor Four Churches, maybe I've given it four times, uh, and maybe I've even repeated it, but at, uh, a raging waterfall, and, and, the, and uh, the, uh, at the base of that waterfall, and out there on one of those precarious 
Lynn, her young, and flies in and out of that nest with the raging waterfall. The mother keeps the baby secure, even with all. And that's kind of the way into the voice of God in the midst of the din, in the midst of the confusion, in the midst of the doubt. It's chaotic. It's confusing. And so we have to listen to the spirit that we're talking about here, being able to set aside the Holy Spirit ministering to our hearts. So the first of these outward manifestations is in contrast to unreasonableness. Uh, Willing to yield is closely related. And so ready to be guided. Don't be so uh, hard-headed that you can't change your mind once. Ideas on things. Being willing to yield. Not to, not to yield in the sense yielding to the Spirit by allowing our other ideas to come into our hearts we might not have thought of. So our, some see it as more of a positive trait. Uh, it is full of mercy and good fruits in contrast to every, good, or every evil work. The carnal wisdom. So the last two traits are in negative form. The word translitos, which occurs nowhere else in the New Testament. It's the only place that Greek out uncertainty, straightforward. Uh, so in our relationships with uh, and with no concealment of facts. And uh, that's really a, a challenge. Is it being anything without any dishonesty, uh, straightforward. So, so this would be without hypocrisy. So the, here, here are the, the, the Greek term is hagne, uh, and it's from the same root as hagia, means uncontaminated, free from defilement. So the wisdom, uh, peace-loving, peaceful, and the original term implies the harmonious relationship. The third is, it is gentle, considerate, forbearing, echo, not contentious. Then we see it is to be, it is easy to be intrigued, literally ready to obey, compliant. Then it is full of mercy. It is without partiality, impartial, free from prejudice, hypocrisy, without pretense, sincere, not play act. Usually uh, used uh, to describe actors in a play. Uh, it came to uh, describe any sort of pretense. So that's where we get our word selves. And often wore masks. And that's what we call hypocrites in the church. Are those come to church one way. But during the other six days of the week. Live completely. Including blessing to those who serve God. And his cause. Without selfishness and strife. A lot of the translations vary here. But, but Moffat gives it a really good. Clear righteousness. The peacemakers who sow in peace. Reap righteousness. And the spirit of our Christian witness is almost as important to the progress of the kingdom. Again, the teachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ from Matthew 5, called the children of God. Any discussion? I know you do. Anyone? It gives you a real idea, and so it's a real challenge then for us to live that kind of life. And uh, to do, right? All, always things that we can improve and do better for the sake of the kingdom. For the way that you've been speaking to us through it. And we pray that these things that are with us and help us to be more of what you want us to be in the world in which we live, I pray. And tomorrow we'll go over, just kind of briefly outline and throw in a few things on chapters 4 and 5.